we're recording. <laughs> I like how you always have the we're recording song at the beginning. <laughs> we really should like make it into a real intro song. Yeah. We're recording. It's the craft of the moon and it's today. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. And welcome to Craft of the Moon podcast. I am Maggie. And I'm Allie. And today we're going to be talking about the moon some. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, it's the moon. <laughs> Damn it. I should have like memorized some poem or something and made it very official. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of moon poems. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but before we get into the meat of this episode, we'll just catch up a little bit. Maggie has some exciting news. A new addition to her family. <laughs> yes, I'm getting a puppy. I'm so excited. It's a little yes. toy Aussie. So we just, I just found her yesterday and we're going to go get her this weekend. So I'm really excited. Hopefully by the time you hear this, I'll have her and she'll be terrorizing my house. So I cannot <laughs> <Yep>. wait. <laughs> cannot yes. wait. We haven't named her yet, so I'll have to wait till the next episode to tell you her name. Yes, I'm so excited about that. That's like one of my favorite parts of the puppy thing. Although yeah. like with mine, so I have puppies in my business a lot. And so I get to name most of them, but then people will change the names later sometimes. And the one that I'm still mad about is my most adorable puppy from the last litter. I named him Levi and that was so cute and it fit his face and everything. And then his family wanted to name him Burbank. Burbank. So now, yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't know Burbank. why the the wife, woman, whatever was like, I just always had this picture in my mind of this beautiful golden retriever I'd have one day and I name him Burbank after the city I was born in or something. I was like, What? That's what? weird. I nearly canceled the adoption. I was like, this is mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, lady. But okay. yeah, I mean, I call him Banks, so it, it works. Would have been better ba as a Levi. Banks is cute. I like Banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cute. I try to say it to where it sounds like Binks. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, that shit. So have you watched the new Sabrina on Netflix? Hell yeah, I'm finished. I'm all caught up. Oh, shit. I haven't even watched one full episode. Oh, my God. You should watch it. It's amazing. It's really great. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. That's why Sabrina yeah, is one of my contender names for the oh. new dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Call her Brina. Oh, that'd be cute. Yeah, I think so, too. That'd be cute. Damn, I should have asked you about that, like, earlier this week during the five-day snowstorm that Utah had. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I've been watching it since season one. Um, it's really good. I really like it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I've heard some people bitching about it, like how it represents witches and stuff. I'm like, you guys, it's a TV show. Like, yeah. be please. <laughs> Calm oh, down. I fucking love it. They worship the Dark Lord, Satan, Lucifer. It's fucking mm. amazing. I think it's great. But uh, that's fab. Like you said, it's a it's a comic book. So, I mean, it's not a rep. It's a fucking TV show. It's not a representation of witches and how they are. Right. I know. It always kills me when people do that. Like, if there's a series or a movie about witches in modern day times or whatever, like, they get all butthurt about it if it's not represented, like, true to form. It's like, you guys, to these people that are making these shows and whatnot, like, these, the term witch is, like, no different than the term dragon. Like, it's something mystical and doesn't really exist. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, get your panties out of a wad and just relax a little bit. Yeah, it's just entertainment. Right. Now, if they're going to try to say, like, modern-day Wiccans or something are the most violent people on the planet and try to do a documentary on that, then I would have something to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, with TV shows or shit like that, just just relax. It's supposed to be entertainment. Yeah. We don't need any satanic panic. Yes, for real. Speaking of entertainment, I did not watch, nor have I watched, but I have seen everyone bitching about this Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. What's up with that? Because of what they were wearing? Is that what it Probably. was? Probably. Yeah. Although, like, Adam Levine was fucking shirtless last year or some shit. I hate that guy. Ooh, I hate that guy. Whatever. I think they look good. I thought they looked fabulous. Je Jennifer Lopez is 50 fucking years old. Yeah, she, and she looks better than I could ever look. Yeah, she was fire. 
Yeah. Her and right? Shakira. And then, they both look good right. to me. They need to just Hell yeah. I don't know. It's not a fucking Christian convention. It's the Super Bowl. Right? Like calm the fuck down. Like the cheerleaders are wearing more than what those two were probably wearing during the show. Yeah. I don't understand that shit. It just drives me nuts when like women attack other women for shit. It's like, why can't you just say like, damn girl, you look good. Yeah. Just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Like damn, Shakira is 43 years old with two kids and looks like that. Like, goddamn. Anyway, rant over. (laughs) Yeah, I know that was ridiculous. I don't know why people got so upset about that, but they bitch about the Super Bowl, like the halftime show every single year. There's always something wrong with it. They do. I remember last year, Adam Levine, I remember it so clearly because I had to stay at my in-laws and watch it and it was god awful. But he was wearing this horrifically patterned shirt or sweater or some shit. And it turns out like that same textile or pattern was made, you know, it made like pillows and um, like fabric on couches and shit and people were posting it. Oh my god, it was so fucking funny. (laughs) It's like hilarious. It. That is funny. Yeah, you guys Google uh, Adam Levine Super Bowl, whatever number that was, shirt, and <laughs> it'll come up. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't see theirs. Oh, man, it killed me. I, well, the only reason I noticed was because the, the fabric or the design on the shirt was very similar to a chair my in-laws had, like, sitting across the room from me. God. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, who dressed you, man? <laughs> He just ripped it off anyway, so fuck it. Right? It was probably like a $1,200 shirt. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Like, they have to... uh, Celebrities drive me crazy. Like, they really, really annoy me. I remember back in the day, you know, I wanted to be one of those people. And nowadays, it's like, fuck no. Mm -mm. I'll take the money, but, like, the rest of it I don't care for. Right? Yeah. The money I'm down for, but all the rest, like the actual celebrity of celebrity, no, I would, nope, I would never be able to leave my house. No, no, for sure not. Right, like I already got an issue with thinking people are looking at me in public. I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so fucking ridiculous. Or usually, definitely not in case one and scenario two, they're looking at me because I look fucking insane. Or usually it's because I have a dog with me and they're looking at the damn dog. Oh, yeah. No, people are always looking at me because I go to the store looking like a fucking hobo. Like, haven't (laughs) washed my hair in days, wearing, like, my, not pajamas, but, like, leggings and big sweater. My favorite, my favorite, like, weekend sweater says uh, coffee till cocktails. So I just live in it during the weekend. And, like I said, my hair is a mess. It's just in, like, a little poop ball on top of my head. I got frizz everywhere. It's terrible. I look like I look like crap. Well, fuck it. Why? Why try to like impress anybody else? It doesn't fucking matter. I know. Like if I want to get ready and look pretty or whatever, make myself feel pretty, I will. But I don't need to do that shit on a daily basis. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I have to like dress up for work and like business clothes exactly. every day and put makeup yeah. on every day. So like on the weekends, I'm not doing any of that shit. For real. No, I remember when I worked in an office like that the weekend, mm-mm, didn't do anything, didn't do my hair, didn't mm-hmm. even touch my face. <laughs> like, no. It's just too, it's too much. There's too much exertion required for that kind of upkeep, at least for me, because, you know, if I don't have any kind of effort put into whatever I'm looking like that day, I end up turning out like someone who had come from the wilderness back in 1502 or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's me. That's me too. I concur. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, All right. Well, anyway, we'll finally get into this episode. I know that was a very thrilling opener for you guys, but we're still recording prior to posting. So we don't have anything to like comment on that you guys have shared with us, but hopefully soon. So make sure to check us out on Facebook, Craft of the Moon, and you can find us on Instagram and our Gmail. We'll put that in the show notes and all that good stuff. You guys talk to us, share, do all that kind of fun stuff. Yes. Yes. So we're talking about the moon. The moon is such a like centerpiece in most witchcraft as far as I know. Like I'm sure there's other forms that do not even recognize the moon. But I mean, literally every witch I've ever met in my life has, you know, a connection to the moon. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. There's definitely like a lunar obsession that goes along with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say so. So yeah, I guess it's just like it's would be considered like a staple of witchcraft. And when it comes to working with something like that, that's so so fucking big and mysterious and outside of our basic understanding, which is kind of like all magic is. Uh, I always think that it's helpful. It's helpful for my Virgo brain anyway, to have some concrete facts about it. I don't know why it makes it feel more real to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like when it comes to magic and stuff, or especially paranormal activities, like spirits and all that sort of thing. Once I got into actual like ghost hunting type stuff with the technology and everything then it was like oh fuck but before that i was just like yeah i think i think i believe in it i don't really know did it make a big difference if it was like a full moon with ghost hunting oh yeah yeah we would usually try to plan with those in fact one time i think our most active one was during either like the very last stage of the waning moon or it was a new moon hmm which I told them, I told them Christian bitches that it was going to do something and they didn't believe me. And then it did. Yeah, that makes sense. Though. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's pretty much common. Like nowadays, uh, whatever, we'll talk about the modern stuff in just a minute. I want to go and have a little history sesh with you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So way back in the day, like ancient civilizations and such, it was hella important to observe the changing of the seasons, clearly, because the main priority of life was to eat and to eat, you needed to plant and do all that shit. So it was really, really common to use the moon's phases as a way to keep track of what part of the season that people were in. And then I thought this was really interesting. Like the, the word moon, the English word moon actually comes from a Greek translation meaning to measure. Oh, that's so, weird. Yeah, right? Like I figured it would be like some goddess connection or, you know, some water connection or whatever. No, no, no. To measure time, apparently cool that's really cool that makes sense though it does it really does i just had never fucking thought of it like i've been a witch for fucking what 20 years and (laughs) i didn't know where the word the moon came from jesus but i was this many days old when i learned (laughs) i was today years old (laughs) when i learned that (laughs) yeah so yes the moon was for ancient people a way to keep or measure time although it wasn't a super accurate way all the time it was effective enough at least for the farmers and such to be able to know when the crops needed to be planted and all that good stuff um the egyptians were kind of like no that's not quite accurate enough for us you know how the egyptians are like they're always gonna well i'm just gonna make something better because that's what they did they just did things that way and so since the the tracking of the moon to measure time based on like a month to month calendar would be off by several days or so. The Egyptians were like, yeah, nah, fuck that. Uh, and they actually eventually moved their calendar to be based in solar cycles, which I totally don't understand. Like a solar cycle, is, is that not just a day? Like the, the sun doesn't change. Uh, well, I mean, it, it gets to different positions in the sky throughout the year. So, I mean, it would make sense to have the solar cycle. It's probably more accurate, too, because there's always, you know, sometimes there's 13 moons within like a solar, ro- like a rotation. And sometimes there's 12. So mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. super accurate, I would I could say. Yeah, I would get with that. I just would, you know, obviously back then when they didn't have the Internet to like blow time on. And they could watch where the sun was every day, I guess. I don't know. It really, like, ancient astronomy and stuff, the shit that they found out and discovered blows my goddamn mind. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, anyway, the moon being a basis of early calendars by the ancient cultures was obviously, like, something divine to ancient cultures. It was so important because if they didn't follow the moon's um, patterns and, you know, fucked up the crops or some fish and shit like you couldn't get when it was a no moon and you could when when there was like a full moon i don't know they just like put a lot of pressure on the moon and so by doing that of course that related a ton of goddess connections and i always thought it was interesting that the moon i've never heard of a male deity being linked to the moon have you uh i think there is one i want to say there is one but i don't know i know it's mostly feminine I want to say there is one that, like a Greek god or something like that, or like a demigod or something. Oh, maybe a demigod, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'll have to look at it and uh, 
find it for another next episode. I'll let you guys know. But I think there is one that I've heard of. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll have to look into that and do an update in the next episode. Okay, so all of this pressure that they put on the moon, um, all of the assigned abilities of the moon, basically... It was a shit ton, like fucking everything from flu season to when the birds came back to everything was based on the moon. And really, they weren't that far off by linking the moon's phases to those kinds of natural occurrences. It's really well known today that tornadoes and hurricanes tend to occur during the phases of the new and the full moon. I didn't know that. Yeah, right? I, I didn't know, know the hurricane one. I knew about the tornadoes because I lived in Minnesota and, you know, tornadoes were daily shit. Oh, but No, thank you. So in addition to those things, there's also a tendency for more rainfall during the first quarter of the waning moon, which I definitely did not fucking know. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to have to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to start like marking this in calendars yeah. and shit, do our own little study, right? But yeah, I've never heard of that either. I'll have to, I'll have to check into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we talked a little bit about the deities that are linked to the moon. I'm gonna let you guys do your own research on that, mostly because this is a podcast for witchcraft, and not everybody is gonna have like gods attached to that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense okay, cool. for sure. So we'll we'll add a couple into the show notes if you want to go check those out or, you know, write us on any of the social media. We'll chat about it a bit, but we're going to skip it for this part. So while the moon is recognized for all of those effects that it has upon the weather that is, you know, scientifically proven and whatnot, there's always been like some different, what do you want to call it, just some lure around the moon, like, you know, werewolves and shit. There's always something mystical attached to it. And so they were doing some studies to see what effect the moon has on people, like literally just individual people. And one of the topics that I picked up, because I noticed it today, because today is a full super moon, uh, we actually get less sleep during the full moon. Hmm. Right? So fucking weird. A recent study, like a legit study, found that the moon does affect our sleep patterns. And the researcher found that on nights when the moon is full, we lose an average about 20 minutes of sleep, which is accurate in my life. That Close makes sense. Life. Yeah, that's that's not too much, though. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, as long as it's not interrupting like a deep REM cycle, I'm fine. I did have mad nightmares last night there. <laughs> Dude, I did too. We're going to have to talk about those at the end of the show and see what other people's nightmares are because that was fucking weird. But yeah, but. I see that you have noted on here that uh, intakes at ER is greater and mm -hmm. can confirm my mom is an ER nurse and has been for a long time. And actually a long time ago, she worked in surgery. So every time it was the full moon, uh, she'd be on call and they would have to do like emergency C-section. So like people have lo really? lot. Yeah, they have lots of babies during the full moon. They also get lots of like just crazy like crazy people like actual like lunacy that's happening during that time so yeah for real so. like if you talk to teachers especially like elementary school i've noticed i got a couple friends that teach uh little little bitty kids and they constantly talk about the full moon having an effect on their students and making them fucking insane yeah i could see that right oh my god that would be the worst i would have a sick day every every full moon because fuck that <laughs> But my brother, who is a police officer, my dad was a police officer as well. Like they both talk about like every time that it's the full moon, especially like with a super moon or something, those shifts are the fucking worst because the craziest motherfucking people are out there. Yeah, I believe it. Like I said, it's just total, it's actual lunacy. Like they're going crazy because of the full moon. Like yeah. so fucking weird. I think it's truth. I believe it. Well, for sure, because they have shown, like, the moon really does have a tried and true effect on our emotions. And so I guess it's probably those emotions that are affecting, obviously, the behavior of others to come out in droves like that. And just, you know, major situations where, you know, somebody gets hurt or emotions are just so high, everyone's like, fuck you. And then there's a problem from there, you call the police. But I just find it really strange. I think it has, this is my personal idea, I'm sure 
everyone's going to point out that it's entirely wrong and that's cool. But <laughs> my personal idea is that our bodies are made up of so much water and clearly the moon has serious ties to any kind of water source, whether that's the creation of storms, obviously the tides and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that has some sort of effect on the way that our brain chemicals are firing. I, I so, agree. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's fucking crazy because the energy of the moon phases are really deeply embedded into our emotions. And so knowing the effects of moon cycles can really help us um, definitely when we're going through hard times, which seems like my entire life. But as long as we're just kind of aware of it, it can help in daily life, but it most certainly can help when we're considering spell work and rituals around the moon's energy, which I think like anytime you're doing a spell keeping in mind like what season you're in and what fucking moon cycle you're in is kind of like that's kind of good i would say yeah yeah for you, sure you gotta use that energy yeah mm -hmm. absolutely i mean it's there why not work with it instead of against it right and it's legitimately there you know the science behind all of these things are real and you guys can find links in our show notes and there's one person that i was following a little bit she is a renowned moonologist which i didn't know was a thing i didn't either that's cool yeah i don't understand how you get to be a moonologist but i want to be a moonologist sign me up. yeah man like i'm down with this so anyway, uh, this moonologist, Yasmin Boland, uh, has been teaching people about the literal magic of the lunar cycles for almost like two decades, like a shit ton amount of time. And regarding the moon's effects on our emotion, Yasmin explains that people find that at the time of the new moon, they often feel a little bit lost or adrift, you know, kind of like empty. And Yasmin personally thinks that it's because we are so connected to the moon and that we can't see the moon. It makes us feel funny. So obviously those new moons, it's like, oh, fucking lost. Like a bug's life or something when the leaf falls. Yeah. Well, it's got to be something to do. I mean, before we had electricity and all that kind of stuff, you know, when it was the dark of the moon, that was a really yeah. uh, scary and dangerous time. You know, anything could happen in the dark that you're not aware of. Somebody could come and like steal crops from you or hurt your um, uh, livestock or something like that. Or if you were traveling like during the dark moon, it would you can get robbed really easily. So I understand like having the uneasiness during that time uh, because it is so dark. And I think that that's something that's kind of innate inside of us as humans. And so we still, even though we have electricity now, we still get those feelings whenever it is the dark moon. Yeah, definitely. And that makes total sense. I didn't even think about it that way. Whereas, yeah, just everything you said. So during these new moon phases, it's the... It's the end of something, and so it's scary as fuck without any moonlight out there. But it's also a new thing. It's the beginning of the growing moon or the waxing moon. And so how you handle these cycles are up to you as far as your conscious mind. Just keep in mind what your subconscious is doing, which is going to be, you know, feeling a little bit freaked out because there's no moon outside. So Yasmin continues on in to say that the key phase is between the two quarter moons which is one week before the full moon and one week after. And that time period is a time of crisis <laughs> where like you're basically dealing with problems relating to that thing that you've been trying to manifest. The calmest time in the cycle is going to be the balsamic moon. And that's the last phase of the waning moon. Um, basically like right before it disappears and you lose your shit because you're scared from instinctual whatever like it's gonna be super calm and then you're gonna freak the fuck out so you know if that sounds accurate <laughs> i like it i like it right right all right so last thing from yasmin our little buddy she goes on to talk about that the most energetic time in the cycle is actually the crescent moon and you're probably gonna feel during that time like fired up about life and all the things that you can achieve you're super optimistic and shit there's just a lot of energy around as we have the crescent moon that is growing into that full moon, you know, between the crisis states. But it's not necessarily so easy to harness at that time, especially if you're trying to form it into magic, because that's also when your emotions are going fucking apeshit. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to do magic if you don't have your emotions down, like, 
oh my god the shit that can go wrong when that happens well i get i get pretty manic like before the full moon like i want to do all of the things like leading up to the full oh, moon yeah. and it kind of mm-hmm. slows down like as i get to the actual full moon but like you said that like week before like i want to do everything all of the things so yeah see for me the week before is like when i'm all weepy and emotional and shit <laughs> It's really weird. I can always tell like three days or so before the full moon. I know it's coming because my mind has fucking gone to shit. We need, we need <laughs> to start so like a, a mood tracker for the moon to see how it compares, like see how we feel well, whenever stuff's real. going on. Well, goddamn, like even my menstrual cycle will follow the moon. So I'm sure that has a heavy thing to do with it, considering my hormones are all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty common for... um menstrual cycles to follow the moon because clearly it's around the same same amount of time per month but you could also have lots of births around that time like maggie had said that her mom experienced in the er oh yeah all right so now that we know some of these kick-ass awesome facts about the moon that are backed up by science and history and shit now it's time to see what we can do with all that and this year in particular is actually a pretty big one when it comes to activity of the moon and so i would expect that it's going to have a pretty large role in some things for us obviously those emotions life changes births fertility that sort of thing but also you know maybe death i don't know whatever it just seems to be like lots of kind of high energy stuff right yeah for sure for sure yeah, so that's going to be following us throughout this year. So way to go 2020 and continuing the fuck fest. But as the moon holds sway over our subconscious mind, it's just really something to kind of be aware of. Um, like, especially, you know, when you're making big life changes in a day, you know, don't do that. Take a little while to think about it and let it kind of settle because you never know if like the moon cycle is fucking with you or what's going on. So no rash decisions. Just sit on it for a little bit. Sit on it for a moon cycle and see how you feel. Yeah, for sure. That's why I like to have my little moon app so I can see what's going on exactly. I know. I'm so bad about following it on an app, but I'm always outside at night so I can always look at it. I just like I like it because I can see uh, like what astrological sign it's in and everything. That really oh, yeah. is eye opening. Mine is just called moon calendar. That's all it's called. Yeah, I think that's the one that I used to have. Yeah, this super moon that we're in today is in Leo. So, oh, fucking Leo. It's it's so extra, you know? There's just so much extra. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's a super moon, too, so it's like extra, extra. Yeah. <laughs> extra, extra. Extra, extra. <laughs> that fucking show when we were kids, God. But I didn't. I was going to say, I didn't know that we were having so many supermoons in a row this year. Yeah, I knew that we were having a couple in a row. Like, I thought maybe two or three, but we actually have four. Fucking four in a row this year. And that's for February, March, April, and May. So that's a fuck ton of lunar energy in the springtime when things are starting to come back to life and all of this shit. Like, oh my god what is going to happen to our lives during this period yeah i think it'd be interesting if you like started a ritual on the first one and ended it on the last super moon in may i think that would be something that's really that'd be really cool to do i hate that this episode is going out like on the day first day of the super moon but i think something like that would be really cool or you could start it at any time yeah for sure that is a fantastic idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's what that's I was a good thinking. idea, Megan. I haven't done any sort of full moon stuff in a long time besides my candle making recently. And I think I, I, think I might do something tonight. I got to clean up my studio, though. It is fucking wrecked beyond recognition. <laughs> so I got to work on that at some point today. And uh, hopefully I can have something ready to go for some, some full moon rituals, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Fuck yeah, that is exciting. So all of these huge lunar activities that are going to go on, you know, just hang on for the ride. (laughs) We're going to have those four supermoons in a row. And then we're also going to have a lunar eclipse. We actually have four lunar eclipses this year. Like, is that normal? Uh, I don't know. This seems like a lot, doesn't it? Are they, are we able to see them all in North America? Uh, North America is most likely to see the one that's going to occur on the night of the 4th of July into the 5th. But of course, there's going to be fucking fireworks everywhere and shit. So you might have trouble seeing Uh, it. But yes, 
hopefully we can see it then. Um, but this year, South America is going to have a total solar eclipse on December 14th. That's so that'll awesome. be fun. That's still yeah. the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Seriously. My, my fucking favorite thing that I noticed out of that is that um, on the ground, the shadows and silhouettes and light and whatnot, they looked like little crescent moons. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. awesome because we ended up driving to where we were right in the path. I think we drove like seven or eight hours or something like that. And we were in the actual path where you could see the full eclipse. And it was the craziest shit. I mean, it got so dark. Like you could see stars out. It was so dark in the middle of right? the day. It was wild. That I mean, if you have the opportunity to see something like that, even if you have to drive to it or fly to it, I highly recommend doing something like that i mean it was crazy yeah could you imagine like being in those ancient times and i don't know you're just out in a village somewhere you don't know shit about astronomy and that happens oh my god everybody would shit their pants (laughs) seriously there would be no holes back man oh my god that's just insane um okay so speaking of eclipses the second one that is gonna probably be able to be seen in north america i assume most of our listeners are from north america so if if not let me know but anyway the next one's going to be around thanksgiving uh the night of the 29th of november into the early hours of the 30th of november so both around strictly american united states holidays so that's kind of weird that's kind of strange Yeah, just thought of that like as i was reading it but speaking of holidays and lunar shit happening Man, Halloween this year, Halloween 2020, not only is Halloween on a Saturday, but it's going to be a super moon and it's going to be a blue moon, a blue super moon on Halloween. That's amazing. I gotta, like, I feel like I need to start preparing now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't have enough time yet. I need to prepare for it right now. Oh man. Oh man. This should be the year that we go to Salem. Oh, that'd be cool right that would be friend, awesome i have a friend that's going in august oh really mm-hmm. that's fucking oh out of all the places i've been i've not been to salem yet i know we need to go for real oh, let's plan that so anyway yeah so super blue moon blue super moon whatever you want to call it is on halloween this year october 31st in case that was questionable um the next time that there's a blue super moon on halloween or maybe just a blue moon i don't know because i didn't take correct notes but it's going to be around 2034 so you know this time it's probably best to just give it all you got yeah for sure for sure so There's like a dozen or so other pretty big events in the night sky this year. There's meteor showers and something called a super conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn. I don't know what the fuck that is. Do you know what that is? Some astrology something. I'd have to read up about it. (laughs) It Sounds kind of Uh, scary, though. I mean, anything involving like Saturn or Jupiter is kind of scary. So we'll have to see what it is. For real. Yeah, we're gonna have to look into that. We'll add that to the show notes. Um, I know that currently right now we're recording in early February, we're in some sort of lunar dance with fucking Mars. And of course, that's making everybody crazy. I don't even know. I think generally this entire part of the podcast is suggesting that it's really a good idea to have a lunar calendar, whether that's an app or, I don't know, fucking just write it on your calendar or order a special lunar whatever be like the farmer's almanac right yeah the farmer's almanac is great because it even tells you when to plant by the moon yeah for sure and it has a lot of like seasonal information too yeah i always loved those you were you were the only person i ever knew to have those though my grandparents always had them my grandma would use Mm -hmm. them when she was planting and stuff but i always liked them and like i said they have a lot of information about them like they have stuff about like what the season's going to be like based on the moon and stuff and when to plant your seeds and like how long to wait before you uh, plant your first seeds after the last frost it'll even like predict when the last frost is going to be in winter time so it's pretty cool that's amazing Holy shit, now I need to order one. I'm going on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah. Because I like I've started stocking up all my little seedlings. And since I'm most likely gonna be on the road a shit ton this year, I have to figure out how I'm going to like have a vertical garden in the trailer or something. Oh, that'd be cool. You could do one of those like shoe holder ones. 
Yeah, yeah. Where you get those shoe holder thingies and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can make it work. It's just going to be interesting. I'll keep you guys updated on that if you're interested in how to, I don't know, try to garden while you're traveling. <laughs> yeah, you could do it. It's totally doable. Mostly, I'm just concerned about the dogs getting into it. So Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, like from one spot to the next, I'd have to pack it up and stow it properly, which wouldn't be very hard because I have the bathroom area that I could probably use. But them damn puppies will get into fucking everything, as you're about to be reminded. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. I can't wait. <laughs> Okay, so I just looked up about the super conjunction really quick. And basically, we're going to be able to see Jupiter and Saturn lined up. And uh, that's this is going to be the last time we're able to see that for like another 80 years. So it'll probably be the only time in my lifetime that I'll get to see it. So what that's something it's uh, December 19th. It begins at 4 p.m. I'll have to look up what time zone this is in. But uh yeah that's pretty close to yule yeah interesting yeah so i don't know if you can see them with the naked eye you might have to have a telescope i'm not sure but um they'll be lined up i want a telescope i'm gonna get a telescope too (laughs) i'm doing all these impulse purchases now i had a cheap one one time when i was a kid and really you couldn't see planets that much with it but I know the one I had as a kid, I could never fucking figure out how to even use. Yeah, like how to find the planet. Like, how the fuck do I focus my telescope on this motherfucker? How does that happen? Right? You would need like one of those <laughs> big ones where you could actually like, uh, like calculate it in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, should we talk about full moon ritual? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so we're going to be talking about uh, full moon or dark moon rituals, uh, whichever one you want to do it, and how, and the uh, witch's Sabbath. So um, I say the Sabbath because that's what is known for traditional witches and what they used to call it in the old days um, when people were getting burned at the stake for being witches. But um, one of the oldest known rituals for witches is the witch's Sabbath, and witches of the Witches of old would make astral journeys to the other world to worship, cast spells, and celebrate. So uh, I'm actually going to read a small excerpt from uh, Keldon's book, my friend Keldon. He wrote a book this year. It's called The Crooked Path. Um, It's published by Llewellyn. So uh, he says, within traditional witchcraft, practitioners regularly regularly make visits to the other world in order to partake in what is known as the Witch's Sabbath. Differing from the modern seasonal celebrations known as Sabbaths, the term Sabbath used in traditional witchcraft refers to otherworldly gatherings of witches and spirits. The concept of the Witch's Sabbath was originally developed during the Middle Ages as an amalgamation of early pagan folklore and ecclesiastical beliefs concerning hearsay and demonology. During this time, it was believed that witches would meet the devil at the Sabbath and they would engage in all manners of magical debauchery. I'm all here for the debauchery. Right. <laughs> Over the years, stories regarding the Sabbaths gained traction through popular writing and became a central fixture in many of the confessions given by the accused during the witch trials. To fully understand the Sabbath's role within the modern practice of uh, traditional witchcraft, uh, we must examine the lore that was generated during the Middle Ages and onward. And he goes on to talk about how... Um, Witches would, like, most commonly known to fly on broomsticks or pitched uh, two-tined sticks and stuff like that. They would fly out on the dark of the moon to go to a liminal space, which would be, uh, they would consider graveyards or uh, sacred sites to be liminal or tops of mountains. Anywhere like that would be a liminal space. Um, And that is just the uh, folklore, the traditional folklore that goes along with uh, full moon magic, basically. So let's get into the bare bones of what we're going to do for a basic full moon or dark moon ritual. Just like I said, uh, witches are known to use liminal spaces to work magic rituals, and it's not always possible or safe for us to work in those types of spaces. Like, you may not want to go out to your local graveyard under the full moon. You might get arrested. (laughs) So it's always good to bring the liminal space to you by casting a circle or laying a compass round. 
the circle is meant to encompass you like a fear and exist in its own space time. And the compass round kind of pulls you down into the earth and acts as a crossroads to the other worlds that exist. So both of these are creating a liminal space for you to work in. Nice. It's like bubbling. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Bubbling. Just like that. That's what I like to think of it as. That's what I always picture when I'm doing shit like that. Like I'm literally inside a bubble. Yeah. That's the best way to think about it. So if you're going to do a full moon ritual, I'm just going to kind of tell you how it goes. Usually the outline is cast your circle, invoke or evoke deities or spirits. Then you're going to um, have an offering. Then you're going to do your spell work and then you're going to release the circle, celebrate and release the circle. So to begin with, we're going to start off by gathering everything you need in the circle. So don't leave anything behind because you don't want to have to take the time to like get up and break the circle because you forgot to grab like a pen or a notebook or something like that. It really fucking right. Yeah, it really throws off your mindset whenever you have to stop and get up and do something. So also make sure that you tell the people you live with or people that are around you that you need some quiet time to be alone for about 30 minutes or an hour or so. You definitely don't want people popping in on you. Because that will also wreck the flow of energy that you have going in the circle. It's just really distracting. It's fucking distracting. So. (laughs) Oh, God, Christian Bale. (laughs) Oh, God. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, Fuck. I forgot about that shit. Jesus. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we'll put a link in the show notes. Just, you know, anyway continue dear all right so once you have everything you can begin by casting your circle or if you're a traditional witch you'll lay your compass and there's so many different ways to go about casting a circle that i'm gonna leave it up to you guys to research how you want to do it um i always looked up other people's methods and used them as a guideline and would kind of write my own version of how i wanted to do it and what i wanted to say because excuse me if you do it the way that someone else is doing it it's not very personal to you and it may not um, involve all the types of spirits or whatever that you're working with so you may have to change it anyways Um, but once you have the circle cast or the compass is laid it's time to invite spirits or deities that you may be working with into the circle so invoking and evoking are typical of most circle castings. Anytime you're going to do any sort of ritual within a circle. And um, a lot of times most people will call in spirits of the elements uh, that exist in the natural world and spirits of um, higher entities that exist in a higher realm. So this is where we're calling in the quarters, basically, and inviting the deities to be with us in the circle to witness our magic and to, you know, help boost our power. Once you call them in, if you're working with any type of deities or archetypes, even if you're secular, um, once you call them in, it's a really good time to honor them. And uh, most traditions, most witches will include offerings of some type of spirits or cakes. Um, You can really offer anything that you like, though. Like simply lighting some incense as an offering is totally acceptable. You don't have to go all out and like make a full on like five course meal or anything like that. (laughs) You know, if you have a bag of M&Ms laying around, that's that'll work. So whatever you feel is suited to offer to your deity or archetype or spirits, that's fine. And not everybody works with deities. And some, like I said, are more secular within their practice. So in that instance, they would make offerings to their ancestors or spirits of the land or just not do an offering if they're not really into that. Um, Full moon rituals are really easily customizable to meet, you know, your needs as a witchcraft practitioner. But once you have the offering done, it's time to perform any sort of spell work you have uh, ready. Whatever spell that it is that you're wanting to do for the full or new moon, this is the time to do it. Once you've called all those energies in and given them, uh, honored them in some way, given them some type of offering. Uh, the energy of the spirits and deities within the compass make for very potent spell work. So the compass or circle acts as kind of a wind tunnel for energy, and it very powerfully combines and circulates all the power within the circle. So any type of spell work 
any type of spell work can be performed during a full moon. So anything you want to do. I'd be a little different about doing certain types of spell work during a dark moon. But really, you could do anything you wanted during a full moon. It's kind of like the white candle of moons. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you don't have any spellcraft to do, if you're just doing a circle to like honor your deities or whatever, that's totally fine too. You can skip that part and just kind of um, take that time to sit and listen to the spirit speaking you or do some divination to get a clearer outlook on the future or any questions that you may have for your deities. Um, you know, I think it makes it really extra special when you do like the whole circle ritual thing to do some sort of divination it really really helps you hone in on what it is you're looking for so that's something that's always good to do and you might even add it uh the divination portion before you do your spell so ooh, that's a good idea yeah anything like that would be good but after the spell craft is done it's time to celebrate um you want to enjoy your cakes and wine and have your own little party. Uh, if you want to invite a partner into the circle at this time for some sex magic or something like that. Yeah, that's always acceptable. I enjoy doing that in my circles. So whatever it is you want to do, um, just have a little party by yourself and just enjoy yourself and sit within the circle with the spirits and everything like that. So um, once you're done partying, it's time to thank the spirits and the gods or whoever it is you invited whoever you invited to attend it's time to release them along with the circle or compass so this is one of the most important steps in creating a circle or laying a compass is releasing it do the hand claps you must release (laughs) your circle okay (laughs) must release your circle and it's really important because that's when you're releasing the energy that you made up that you gathered for your spell work that's when it releases into the universe to go do its work so that's one of the best reasons why you need to close your circle the second is if you don't then you can leave like a little open portal in your house that like any little nasties can come in and fuck with you so keep that in mind too and actually i have a horrible story where recently um I was helping a friend of mine who went through a really rough breakup, like an abusive relationship breakup, and we were staging her house, and I had cast a circle to do, like, a little ritual for her, and I never closed it. And, like, that oh, no. that night, she got, like, sleep paralysis for the first time, like, ever in her whole life, and it scared the shit out of her. Oh, no. Yes, and it was my fault, because I didn't, did not close my circle. So, keep that in mind. Always close your circle. Okay, but uh, that's it. I mean, once you have all that done, you just performed your full moon ritual, your dark moon ritual, and, um, you know, make sure you get everything cleaned up. You can leave your offerings out however long you want, or you can take them outside and, uh, you know, do libations and stuff like that, or just make sure it's safe uh, for animals outside. You don't want to leave anything unsafe out there. But yeah. That's it. It's that easy. Yeah. And it's easy to say it like that. It actually, you know, it takes a good bit of energy and time to do something like that. So just make sure you plan it out beforehand and have enough time set aside where you can actually relax while you're doing it and you don't feel rushed or anything. So, you know, planning ahead of time is everything. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's really like for me personally, that's where the intention starts coming in. Like what exactly I'm doing? Why? You know, why am I picking bay leaves and all that shit? Yeah. The planning period. Very important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Some easy things that you can do during the full moon too is make full moon water. And you just yes. put it in a bowl and leave it out in the moonlight. That's always nice. If you're not for a full on ritual, I like to like do moon water and then like take a ritual bath, like with it and pour it into my bath. Oh, I've never done that before. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, You can charge your crystals or talismans or whatever it is you have. Leave them out in the light of the full moon. And you know what? I do this even when it's cloudy. I'll still leave them out there. Because the moon is out there and its energies are still penetrating through the clouds. So, like, even if it's yeah. cloudy or stormy outside, like, it's still a good time to do it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have anything else to add, Allison? I oh, know, man. I think you covered it. Like, that is a really 
I mean, it's just a nice uh, outline of a full or dark moon ritual, which I'm totally going to utilize tonight. Yeah, I'm going to do something. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to do something. I got to make some candles tonight, too. So I'm going to have a busy night. I need to like get up and go clean up my studio right now so I can get (laughs) working on stuff. So I know I had to start my day extra early today so that I could do this recording then also have some video calls later like i was on the hike at dawn this morning oh my god <laughs> that picture i sent you it was so fucking cold oh my god i bet it's been warmer here we um i slept yeah. 12 hours last night i'm not gonna lie i went to bed at nine <sighs> and woke up at nine it was glorious <laughs> jealous as fuck we had all that traveling that we did friday and saturday so we were both exhausted yeah yeah for sure Ugh. What's our next episode going to be about? I have no idea. I think, Hmm. well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. We could do like astral travel and like hedge crossing and something like that. Do you want to do something like that? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that one. Okay. So so one of these upcoming episodes, whether it's the next one or the following, want to do some uh, interesting witchy related stuff to paranormal okay yes that sounds cool super excited for that we can share some stories hopefully if you guys have stories of the paranormal or you know just witchy stories in general send them to us we will be happy to share them with everybody and discuss for sure and i'll um i'll leave a link to keldon's new book in the show notes if that's something you're interested in getting into traditional witchcraft um he, it just came out in January, so I'll leave links to um, his Etsy. You can get signed ones from his Etsy, or you can get just a copy from Amazon, too. So uh, I'll put that up. And uh, it was page number 69 that I read out of, so in case you guys want to find that, too. 69. 69. One of my least favorite positions. I don't care for that at all. I'm too short for it. <laughs> wildly uncomfortable for real like me too i just no 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 and no just like why what's the Mm -mm. point of this right i don't know guys seem to really like it though i don't know i don't know guys weirdos yeah freaks Uh, anyway well i hope you guys enjoyed our episode today um definitely be sure to contact us follow us on social media share your witchy stuff all that good stuff if i say stuff one more time somebody slap me in the face stuff I hate when I get repetitive like that. Mm. I especially notice it in my writing. Like, God damn it. (laughs) Very annoying. So anyway, you guys have a wonderful day, whatever day of the week it is and whatever month it is. And yeah, just all the best wishes, people. Yes, bye. (laughs)